Hello, welcome to the first in a series of JLL Investor Perspective Podcasts. I'm Tim Valance, Head of Investor Services at JLL, and over the coming months, we're going to explore many new perspectives on property, changes facing real estate investors, and potential solutions and answers. JLL Investor Perspectives will be a broad, intelligent, and continually changing program that requires diverse and expert thinking. Therefore, we're going to be enlisting colleagues from across our UK, European, and global business, together with clients and other experts where necessary. To kick us off, I'm delighted to be joined by two colleagues from our JLL consulting team, Eddie Nelms and Michael Davis. For those of you who don't know Eddie, he's a trained architect, but also an expert in people, place, design and brand. And Michael is the founder of JLL Unlimited and sits on the board of the Creative Land Trust. So guys, welcome. To kick it off, I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit here because it, it's obvious from the agenda that this is this is all about change. But some people might say, well, surely real estate's a resilient asset class. It's uh, endured world wars, numerous recessions. It's just been through and probably survived a global pandemic. And if we look back at 2020, during COVID-19, almost a trillion dollars was ploughed into real estate globally. So some might say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why, why do we think we need change? I guess, Tim, to answer your question, I guess I would start by thinking of this idea of enabler and how it relates to change. So we know that real estate acts as an enabler. And perhaps to illustrate that a little bit more, you know, we understand that as an enabler, buildings act as an efficient place to work, a place to sleep, to spend time, all of those things in that sense. And so in the past 20 years, however, technology has started to effectively do what we've been thinking about as an enabler and it started to change the idea of what real estate is as an industry and how we begin to think about what our role is within real estate and how it is changing has created a bit of a shift and a schism to a degree in that field. We need to find ways that we ultimately can begin to listen to our customer more so that the built environment begins to respond more to what our customers want. And so we begin to think about that as this idea of, possibly this idea I've been thinking about today is called experience management, which is similar to how we might think about property management in a way, whereas property management takes care of the buildings and the places, whereas experience management also starts to take care of the customer in that sense. Okay, so so you're saying that the customer is king and driving everything here. Absolutely, the customer is absolutely king, and we need to do a much better job within property to begin to start to listen to what our customer motivations and customer wants and needs are. Historically, that has been something that you would see across other sectors that are developing product, particularly in consumer products. But it is something we need to begin looking at much more in real estate. So you think about how we design a building. Is there market research? You know, Are we doing sort of focus groups and surveys and assessments and things that are needed to really ascertain, are we hitting what a customer wants in our product? A lot of it is very much repetitive in a way. And so creating this change that needs to happen is around the idea of changing the process of real estate. And the process really hasn't changed in 100 years in a way. And it's very much focused on those bits that we frankly do at JLL in many respects. But part of that is about understanding where we can inject the idea of customer experience. And what does that begin to look like in the built environment. And just coupled with that, I mean, I think there's a point around 
the fluidity of change and, and the rapid pace of change as well, because let's face it, real estate is a fixed tangible asset that typically doesn't move very much in its economic lifespan. But because of the rapid growth of new business models that transcend lots of different use types, hyper-connected people on the street using their smartphones and what have you, the real estate world's having to respond rapidly to new business models. And it's begging massive questions around functional obsolescence of buildings, is it fit for purpose? What about the planning system? Historically, the most valuable land has been in the city centres. But fundamentally, you know, we've got this climate change agenda that's hanging over everybody's heads, which the real estate world is thankfully waking up to, looking at adaptive reuse over redevelopment, looking at how do we accommodate all of these new business models into new areas is becoming a really hot topic. So, I mean, I think in sort of summary, we're having to deal with, I'd say, something like 50 years worth of change in a 10-year period, whereas pre previous generations in the property sector, it's been quite a slow change. You know, we're dealing with the fourth industrial revolution. The last time it was pertinent was the third industrial revolution, and that was knocking on 200 years ago. What you're saying really is change isn't new. We've seen the Docklands being turned into yuppie flats. We've seen factories turned into business parks, and we've seen more than one cattle market turned into a shopping centre. So this is a continuing formation. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because it is. But one thing you've kind of identified there is that historically, the use types were very segmented. You know, you mentioned industrial estates being turned into business parks or what have you. The challenge that we've got today is all of these use types being either cheek by jowl in terms of site or actually being a multiple of different uses within the same building. That's something that seemingly is very prevalent overseas. I mean, Eddie, you'll know much better than I, but, you know, the UK has got to be pretty quick to adapt to these new types of um, movement. Yeah, I know. I would agree with you, Michael. I would also say, too, we need to constantly be asking the question, sort of, what is the role of real estate to a degree? What is our responsibility and how is it responding to our customer? That idea of change is something that needs to be looked at on a regular, consistent basis. It needs to be changing. And Mike, to your point earlier about how it's you know, sort of the brick and mortar oftentimes is, is very state in that it, it is a building. It needs to have that, as you said, the flexibility. We need to understand how it can be changing on a regular basis. And that, to a degree, needs to be the ethos in, in much of our thinking about real estate. Yeah, I guess, I mean, you guys know my background is in retail. And, and I presume the biggest lesson I've learned over 25 years was that we were looking in the wrong direction for so long. We spent 15 years longer trying to get to the Holy Grail, which was understanding the occupier, understanding the retailer. And we now realise we were looking in the wrong direction. We were looking at the consumer. And if we had collected more thoughts about the consumer earlier on, we may not have got into the tricky position we're in today. But I think there's a, there's a really interesting piece here about data. I mean, a lot of people kind of roll their eyes when you mention the word data. For the first time ever, you know, over the last couple of years, we've actually been able to start to gather proper data around footfall, behavioural patterns, things that typically would have been used and are being used by retailers to inform their spend and their design orientations. But actually, the real estate world can harness that data to design better places, look at how people take shortcuts, when are the peak flows of of people that walk through places, because humans are creatures of habit. So if you can work out where people walk and how they spend their time, then surely you could then extrapolate that and turn it into much better intelligent buildings that frankly will be more robust and flexible over time. So you're part of a new team in consulting looking at change. What's your plan? Well, so, I mean, it's an interesting one because we are very much approaching this with a fresh set of lenses. And, you know, we've all got quite varied backgrounds. None of us are kind of the dyed-in-the-wall, classic charter surveyor kind of person. We're out there looking to, to challenge 
C-suite executives, you know, decision makers, public and private to really bring about change in the real estate world, make better, more intelligently designed places, putting the customer at at heart and, and hopefully having a lot of fun along the way because, you know, life and work should be exciting. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing more. So to summarise, we're kind of saying that smart investors will be those who are looking at transformation to reposition their capital and their product strategies and to prioritise these things, really to go for long-term resilience to counteract that change. And then I guess forward-thinking investors will also look at diversifying and deploying capital into new sectors and new locations. I mean, the old is still okay. You know, the landscape will still be involved in logistics, industrial, retail and offices, but the emergence of new sectors such as data, life sciences, etc., will be equally important. And what you're saying, Michael, is all of these will be sort of vertically integrated within the fabric of real estate. And perhaps most importantly, investors, many of whom are already there, but all investors will have to become much more innovative as they seek to repurpose existing assets and, and really employ technology to help embed sustainability and everything else that's required to fulfill what we've been talking about. So does, does that about sum it up? Yeah, I think, that, I think that's absolutely right, Tim. I mean, it's fascinating time to be in the industry, you know, looking at how the urban landscape changes. You know, we're working on projects that involve new buildings that are being designed to be adapted over time that are going to morph from being car parks through to office space through to potentially residential. I think that's the biggest challenge for architects, designers, developers out there. How do you build buildings that are going to be fit for purpose over the next 25, 30 years or so, knowing that the the, the landscape is almost certainly going to change? But just to add to that too... I mean, I think it's going to become not just about the building as much as it is about understanding how to to animate the building in a way. And it's it's something that developers don't typically do at the moment. And it's a sort of a new area and interest, but it's becoming increasingly more necessary for the customer to feel as though they are in a place and less interested in the design and more interested in the the narrative of the place that they're in. And I think what we're going to see, partly Tim, to your point earlier, is that I think we spend less time focusing on it, partly because it requires a different way of thinking that the answer isn't always design or the answer isn't always to build something. And it will drive development into a role that is more of a problem solver, less than a builder in a way, if that that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And we should wrap up there because we've, we've spoken about a lot. There's a lot to absorb. And this Investor Perspective campaign will roll. We'll be speaking to more people. And I look forward to working with you guys going forward. See you soon. Cheers, guys.